I'm going to read Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and then skip to verse 13, and read 13 through 18. So you should, uh, you should, you're probably there with me already. Let's take a look at those. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 13. For, brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that they cannot do the things that they would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Let's pray. Father, we now welcome your Holy Spirit, the author, the finisher, the completer of your word. Lord, we ask you to come and be our teacher this morning. Take your word and Lord, speak it clearly into our ears, into our minds, to our hearts, to our souls. Father, not that we would just know more, but Father, that we would be more of the men and women you've called us to be, living in this freedom which you've called us to. In Christ I pray, amen. Well, it's, it's very obvious by now, if, you, if you've just come in, you might have missed it, but if you've been here during the praise and worship and during the, uh, the singing time, you know that this coming Tuesday, uh, July 4th, we're going to be celebrating a, a national birthday, right? How old we're going to be? 241 years ago. 241 years ago, we declared our independence from Great Britain, that uh, these United States were going to be a free and sovereign nation. Today, that concept is under tremendous attack from a lot of places. There is a uh, global community that we see that uh, is becoming very evident that are rushing toward a one world government, which scripture talks about in the end times. And the acceptance and the, uh, and, and of not only the acceptance, but the acceleration of trying to fit everyone in the same mold. Matter of fact, it's one of those reasons uh, that I believe the current president probably is hated by so many of, uh, of, his, of those who, who are vitriol toward him and his administration is because he's calling for uh, putting America first again, but he's calling back to American exceptionalism. Now, that was a word that we used to hear a lot about when I was growing up, and uh, I would hear, we'd hear everyone would talking about it. And the, the concept of that, it's a belief and, uh, and the ideal that as a nation, as a nation under God that was founded and uh, ordained by God and because of God's providence and hand in not only the beginning and the founding of our nation, but the sustaining of our nation, that we are a nation that have a unique opportunity in history and a unique character to share that exceptionalism with the world. We're a republic that's based upon a constitution that recognizes the personal liberties and the God-given rights of every citizen. And I'm thankful to be a part uh, of that great nation. We're blessed, I'm blessed to be a part of that. 
But there's a, there's a crazed group of globalists out there that are attacking our Constitution. They're trying to destroy it. They're trying to break it down. They're trying to dissolve it. And they're also trying to purge from our history and from our heritage every vestige of Christian heritage and the hand of God and the providence of God from the beginning. And they're trying to do away with that or minimize that at best. As I was thinking this week about our liberties that we enjoy as Americans, I'm reminded of those, of those great blessings and liberties that we have not only as Americans, but that we have as Christians. If we are blessed to be living in this great country, but whether we're blessed to be living here or whether there are those that are living on some of the most oppressive conditions in the world, North Korea, we think of, or some very radicalized and closed uh, Hindu countries or Muslim countries. It's the blessings that we have, those of us that are saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. One pastor I was reading about declared those as Christian exceptionalism. And I love that. It's Christian exceptionalism. It's that unique character that allows us that are born again to live and walk out that freedom we have in Christ wherever we are. And it's a freedom and a liberty that is not contingent upon the country in which we live or the government under which we live, but it comes from him. Paul would kind of say it this way. He would say, to be in Christ sets us apart. To be in Christ, knowing that he is our savior and that he has saved us and that we belong to him sets us apart. And there is no one or nothing that can compare with our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's through him. He is the only way for, to redemption and to reconciliation of a relationship back to God. He, uh, he alone can really set us free. So this morning as we get ready to celebrate, and rightfully so, uh, this nation that we've been blessed to be a part of now, it's every day that as believers that we can celebrate this freedom that we have in Christ as he sets us free from the bondage of sin. Genuine liberty is founded in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to take a look at these verses beginning with verse 13 of what it means to be called to liberty. What it means to be called to liberty. Paul was writing this and he was writing to the Christians in Galatia. And that's why in verse 13, he identifies, he says, for you brethren, for you brethren, you have been called unto liberty. So it's, uh, he is talking to the born again, men and women, reminding us of this freedoms that we have from the penalty of sin and from the power of sin. Scripture, other scriptures make it very clear that the, uh, Paul would write and that the Holy Spirit would reveal to him an, an absolutely truth that as unbelieving, as, as an unbeliever in the Lord Jesus Christ, an unrepentant sinner, that sin has control, sin has dominance, sin dominates us because we've, uh, we've made ourselves available to it. But in Jesus Christ, when we come to him for salvation, he breaks that, that stronghold. He breaks those chains. He buys us back. We no longer belong and are subject to the power of sin, nor the penalty of sin. It's a call to freedom. And Paul was reminding these Christians in Galatia very specifically 
that they are now free from the legalistic bondage of religion, of the law in particular. Because there were those that were saying, it's okay, it's okay to believe in the Lord Jesus or believe in Jesus Christ. If you want to believe that, that's okay. But you just bring that along, the keeping of the law. And they were, they, you know, and, and, and so they said, they, they, were, they were going to say, yeah, it's okay, you can believe what you're going to do, but you just got to do this. And it so much reminds us today of the different religions of the world. Someone said that the law is all about what a man must do for God. Now think about it, it's so true. Keeping the law is all about what we have to do, what we got to do to be acceptable, to be presentable. That's what the law is about. That's what religions of the world are about today. And people are in bondage all around us to the religions of the world, just like the Galatians were in bondage to the law. But grace is all about what God has done for man. That's grace, and that's good news. I didn't die for the freedoms that I enjoy. While men and women have died for the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans, I didn't die for the freedom I enjoy as a Christian, neither did you. But Jesus Christ did. He gave his life so that we could have freedom. Matter of fact, there's a verse in John chapter 8 that makes it very clear where these freedoms come from. John 8, 36 says, If the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So it's in Jesus Christ, it's in his liberty, it's in that he gives us this great gift of freedom when we come to him. And it's a freedom not, Paul would say, not to, uh, as a license to sin. He said, for brethren, you've been called unto liberty, only use not this liberty for an occasion to the flesh. It's not a license to sin, but a license to love. But by love, serve one another. What a, what a sad, distorted picture it is when someone says, hey, I've been saved now and, uh, and, uh, and, and I can live any way I want to because God's going to forgive me and, uh, you know, and I'm just going to have a ball and I'm going to live. And, and they presume upon that grace of God. That's a distorted picture of what really loving God is all about and what God's love for us is all about. It, it, you know, it's, it, it completely. It's a license, this this freedom that we enjoy, this call to liberty, is a call that frees us up. Frees us up. This salvation and this freedom is a law that frees us up to serve. What the law demanded, Christ delivered on. The law demanded holiness and perfectness we couldn't do. Jesus Christ did. And then in verse 14, he gives us the go-ahead, Paul does, to live this freedoms out as Christian exceptionalism. He says, for all the law is fulfilled in this one word. What is that? What is it? Love. Love. God is love. And this one, one word, love. And he, and he uses here, he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you may remember the, the passage in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus, uh, the, the, the rich young ruler, the rich man came to, to Jesus and he was saying, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? You know, and then all this. And Jesus says, you know, love your neighbor. And he said, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells them the, the story of the man who is going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he is, he is waylaid. He's robbed. He's beaten. He's left for dead. And different ones come by and look at him and pass on. 
But a Samaritan comes by and goes to where he is and ministers to him. And Jesus said, now, which one of these was neighbor to this man? And we kind of get the picture. We kind of get the picture that our neighbor are, are those all around us every day. They don't have to be living next to us. They're the people that we come in contact with. They're the world. It's the world. And, and we, God has called us to liberty so that we can have this freedom not to, not to live as we want in a license to sin or to, or to satisfy self, but in a, in a freedom to love and let him love through us. And living in liberty lets us love with his love. And I love that. I like that. But there's a caution that Paul gives. Paul gives it in verse 15. And this caution is a caution, if you don't love that way, of what can happen. He says, but if you hate or bite and devour one another, be careful that you aren't consumed of one another. Now, he's not literally talking about gnawing on each other, you know, but it's, it's very clear that he's, that he's talking about the emotional and spiritual bickering and, and, and snipping and biting and talking about and, and destroying that can divide a nation. A lack of love can divide a nation. I'm concerned that we are seeing the results of that now. When even good men and women, if we aren't careful, are driven by ideologies or party politics on either side, that trumps the word of God. And I want to tell you that God's word is to stand above, foremost, and supreme above all else. Amen. It's his word. It's not my party's politics. It's not which party is in power. It's the God that rules and reigns in our heart. A nation can't stand long that's divided because of a lack of love. Let me tell you something else. Churches can divide when there's a lack of love. When we get more concerned about the things than we are about him, when, 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 it, when his presence, when the precedence of God's word to love each other and to let that love cover a multitude of sin. And one of the first things that starts happening when, there, when love is waning or dwindling is that we begin to focus and we begin to uh, highlight and, and, and underline the faults of one another. Because it's love that covers a multitude of sin, right? Now, I want to tell you, you don't have to look for, just do me a favor. If you want to try to find fault in this church, don't look around you. Look up here. Because I want to tell you, except for the grace of God, there is nothing good in me. And it may be shocking. I, don't, I really don't want to send any of you in depression. <laughs> but the same thing is true of all of us. Okay? It's his grace. It's his love that sets us free that says, you know what? You couldn't be good enough, but I was for you. I fulfilled all the law so that you can be now be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And so it's his righteousness. Lack of love can separate a nation, divide it. It can divide a church, and a lack of love can divide a home. And so what used to be a home is now simply a house inhabited by individuals that are biting and devouring. So there was this strong caution that Paul says that when, we, when, we, when, when, we, when love dwindles, when love is lacking, the vacuum is filled by criticism, by harshness, by anger. Be careful. There's a caution to that. 
And so he tells us this. He says, we need to, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because he talks about this, this tension, this, this, this uh, license to satisfy what I want as opposed to this license to live like he wants me to. And he says, it's, it's, they're contrary to each other. Verse 16 and verse 17. Verse 17 for, says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. These are contrary to one another and so that, that you, you can't do the things you want to. These two verses are a good example to me of what some fellers said. It's a lot easier said than done. Okay? You know, it's a, it's a lot easier said. I just, you don't have any problem with, with loving Christ's love. Just obey the Lord. Yeah, right. Got that. I'm going to do it. Then all of a sudden, somebody is in our grill. They're in our space, you know, and their and, and their 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 philosophies and their opinions and their policies are so different than ours, and they look so different than we do, and they act so differently than we do, and somehow or another, we feel like we are the ones that's got to stand up, you know, and so somehow or another, we'll love them later. I, I, it's a true story, and if you're here from West Virginia, please forgive me because it's going to happen in Blairsville, Georgia, same, but it just so happens it's in West Virginia, and I've told the story before. But when you get to be the years I am, you have the liberty of telling it again. And people say, well, he just didn't remember when he told it last time. <laughs> but some of you may not have heard it. Barbie and I were, were uh, working in a camp. We were camp, uh, working in a Bible camp up in uh, Clendenin, West Virginia. Anybody know where that is? Lord, it's past Charleston. And Charleston, I got lost as a ball in tall grass going through Charleston. There was nothing that made sense there, no street signs. Anyway, we finally got to the camp in Clendenin, West Virginia. Had a, had a, I loved it. Had, I loved the people. I loved the mountain people. Made me feel at home. You know, talk, talk kind of like I did, like that heavenly talk. Um, <laughs> but I was, and so I was in a, staying in a cabin full of, of teenage men. This was getting ready for teenage camps. Teenage men. And uh, we'd, we'd had a good time talking and doing devotions that night. And, uh, and one of them said, why don't you pray for my daddy? And I, I said, okay. I said, what do you pray for him? Well, pray to get out of jail. And I, I kind of wanted to back off. And I said, okay, we'll do that. And he said, I'll tell you why he's in there. And I'm thinking, well, you know, no. he said, he's in there because of Jesus. Well, I did get interested about that. <laughs> I had to know more about that. And I said, that's interesting. He said, he was, he said he, he was out the other day. And he told me where he was. He said he was down there. And he said, he told this man that Jesus loved him. He said, this man told him he didn't believe him was no Jesus. And if he was, he didn't love him. And I said, well, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. What? I don't see why they arrest him for that. They said he didn't arrest him for that, but said he, he hit him and told him that Jesus loved him anyway and said he was trying to get the man to believe that. <laughs> so that's, that's probably not the, the best way in the world to build a bridge to share the gospel. So Paul, Paul was understanding that when he talks about for us that as we walk out this liberty, as we live the liberty that we're called to, that it's our love. It's our love that's supposed to make that, that difference. And that's difficult when people are in your face or when people's, you know, when you feel like uh, that you're the last bastion of truth. And they need to know that. This man just wanted him to know that Jesus loved him. And daggone it, he wouldn't listen to him. So he, he figured if he just had him down, he could tell him, you know. I know, I know, God understands that. But Paul is telling us, no, the way you do that is you, you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. What does that look like? What does it look like? I thought about that. I thought about that. 
It says, if you are led of the Spirit, then you're law and order law. Used to think of a course that Preacher Kersley taught us growing up here. Larry and Geraldine will have heard it many, many times. Not under law, but under grace. I'm not under law. And Preacher Kersley would sing it, and I didn't know all of, exactly what it meant. I loved the words, loved the song, and know that he was excited about it. But the older I get, the more I understand and the more I appreciate that grace. The grace, because it, under the law, none of us have a chance. That's why Jesus came. If righteousness, if forgiveness, if the liberties that we desire, this Christian exceptionalism could be, have been gained by keeping of the law, Jesus came and died in vain. Because he just had to wait till the right purple people, purple, purple, that's a people, purple people, to the right person, a right group of people come that could keep it. But God's word's so clear. All these people, all these patriarchs, all these names couldn't keep the law. That's why Jesus came. He kept the law in every point. Matter of fact, scripture says that the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was a sinless Lamb of God. Scripture makes it very clear. Jesus was tempted in every way like you and I are tempted, but didn't sin. You've got to be kidding me. He didn't face the temptations we face. Well, he may not have faced the exact temptation that you faced. You know, he probably wasn't tempted to, to watch an ugly movie on the, on the DVD. They probably didn't have that. But he was tempted with sexual temptation. He was tempted with selfish temptation. He was tempted with temptations of grandeur. He was tempted with temptations of significance. Every way that we were. And he, yet he did not sin so that we could receive this liberty that he's called us to walk in. Say, okay, Jerry, okay. But what does it mean then? What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One is, is knowing God's Word. Okay? Because, listen to me, the Holy Spirit of God will never lead you to do something that's contrary to the Word of God. Okay? You know, Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to become a hooker and tithe so the church can thrive. Nope, not going to do that. Okay? Holy Spirit could go on. Did you get the gist? I better stop. <laughs> I better stop right there. Know the Word of God. Let God's Word be in you. Be in God's Word. And then live it out. Someone said, and I like this. They said it's doing, just doing the next right thing. Just doing the next right thing. You know, sometimes we can get so boggled about what, what, what tomorrow and the next day. I understand that. I mean, there's a part of scripture that tells us we're to consider the ant and we're consider how he stores. We're consider, uh, you know, we're, there's a part that we're to plan. But this, the same scripture also reminds us that as we do this, as we plan that as we pray, we realize we're completely dependent upon him for this, the very next minute. The breath we breathe, the air we breathe, whatever goes on. So for me, simplifying it and boiling down, what does it mean? This living in the liberty that we've been called to live into, it, it allows us to love and let him love through us because we're free. And it means being led by the Spirit of God and it means just simply doing the next right thing. 
And I think things have a way of taking care of themselves when we walk in obedience to God's word. Living out our calling to liberty, to serve, to love, and to live as Christ does. Wow. What a privilege. What an opportunity. Relax in it. Relax in it. Trust him. You say, I'm just going to mess it up. Sure. Sure. So I've found sometimes it's in our, it's in our mess ups as we, that, that Christ can be seen so clearly. Yeah, we don't need to put on super, have a big red S for a super Christian underneath. I have found that it's in the, in the humility of just realizing if God can speak through a donkey, don't get too excited if he speaks through you. <laughs> yeah? yeah, right, right. I mean, that's true. It's Jesus, it's all about him. It's not about us. But there's a lot to be said for just loving each other and letting him love through us and walking that out in liberty. That's my message. So as you go forth today and uh, with us on the water slide, I know. Bring extra cl- clothes for those young'uns and, uh, and when they get through or egg toss or balloon toss, whatever it is, picnicking, enjoying it tomorrow or Tuesday. Every day there's opportunity just to let the Holy Spirit of God love through us as it lives through us. Stand fast, therefore, brethren, in the liberties that Christ has made us free in. And if you're a Christian, don't be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. Why would you go back? You didn't get saved by being good enough. Okay? Anybody in here get saved because you were good enough? Please, nobody raise your hand. <laughs> if, if you're... If, If you're prompted to raise it, let me meet you in the altar. You need to understand. You need to understand it wasn't in my goodness and our righteousness. Our righteousness is like a bunch of filthy rags, Isaiah says. Okay, it's his. So if you're in here and you're a Christian, how do we get saved? Because of grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, so we didn't get saved by works, by being good enough. We don't live and stay that way by being good enough, but by trusting him and letting him live through us. It frees us up to let him be God, and he does very good at that. He's God. We're just people, the sheep of his pasture. Live it out and have a lot of fun loving, letting Jesus love through you. If you're, if you're here and you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, And you don't become a Christian by being born to a Christian family or being born in a Christian nation. Um, It's not the way you become a believer or a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an act of a will where you say to him, I believe that you are God's son. You died for me on the cross. You were buried. You were raised from the dead. You may not say these exact words, but it's what you're committing to. And and, And I trust you for my salvation. You're the one. You died for me. Uh, please forgive me. Make me yours. Okay? That's, that's it. You, you live that. If you're here and you've never trusted him, one of the greatest tragedies in the world would be to live in a country with all the liberties that we still enjoy as, a, as Americans and still, for some reason, not accepted the freedom that we can have in Christ. Don't get, don't get all tangled up in different religious ideals. Man, Jesus Christ has got, he loves you. He's got a plan for you. And that plan is a relationship with you and you with him. And, they, and you know, just walking together. 
walking together. So if you're here and you've never trusted the Lord, it's my prayer that this morning you're going to make a decision, a will of your will, and you're going to say, God, I need Jesus to come into my heart and save me. Because I, I, hey, pastor's flat out said I couldn't be good enough. I guess I should have known that by now. I've been trying. Can't be. Give up and surrender. That's the good news because the minute we throw up our hands and say, I can't, God says, good, I've been waiting for you to say that. I can, I have, and I did. Now let's get on with it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder of the tremendous liberty that you've called us to, to live out this Christian exceptionalism. Letting the character and the cause of Christ be seen in what we do and what we say. Thank you. And Lord, help us. It's so easy sometimes. I say it and Paul says, now, once you've been saved like that, don't go back and get it all tangled up in sin. And what's he saying? He's saying it's so easy to get tangled up a lot of times in trying to do it ourselves. You'd think we've learned better, but sometimes, Lord, we're slow learners. Thank you for grace, your grace. Free to us, but purchased at the price of your sinless blood, the blood of your son, Jesus. And Father, it's my prayer that for those here this morning that may have never just surrendered and said, you know what, God, I I need you to save me. I, I want you to come into my life. I don't know all it means to be a Christian. You know, I don't either. I just... I just know what he wants us to do. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to receive him. And let's let him lead us. And so you're here this morning. And you say, God, come into my life. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And I surrender to you. Do in me and to me and through me what you've planned from creation. I give my life to you just take your hands off and give it to him if you just prayed that prayer would you just raise your hand say I'm hey I'm done with it I'm surrendered it belongs to him just raise your hand I want to pray for you God bless you see those hands other hands thank you Lord for the freedom and liberties we enjoy others you put your hands down Father and for each one Lord that may have even been even now are saying yes to you Now, Father, as we walk out this freedom we have in you, may the world see and hunger and thirst for a freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. Until we get home. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you.